This is the Jody Mack Show on CBS Sports Radio. Sunday gathering here on CBS Sports Radio. Make your car shine, your engine roar, and your pride show with quality automotive accessories from O'Reilly Auto Parts. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. Jody Mack hanging with you. Done a lot of NBA conversations, some about the playoffs, some about the comparison of today's game to 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20, 25 years ago in the NBA. Uh, and we'll get back to that if you're on the phones. I will get to you. 855-212-4CBS. But I want to talk about the future of the NBA, and one of the best guys uh, on the planet to talk about this with is the man who runs DraftExpress.com, as far as as I'm concerned, the best website for not only collegiate guys looking to become pros, but also international players who will someday play in the NBA. Uh, Jonathan Gavoni joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How are you, Jonathan? Doing great, Jody. How are you? Good. Appreciate you coming on board. This week, uh, the best of the best, or almost all the best, uh, showed up in Chicago. Let's give the listeners a little bit of a feel first for what the quote-unquote draft combine is like out there in Chicago. Portsmouth is eh, maybe the best player, can jump up into the first round. It's mostly second-round guys and or guys who are going to have to try and fight their way in on undrafted contracts. But Chicago is significantly higher quality than that, isn't it? Chicago invites pretty much everybody that's going to get drafted outside of a dozen or so international players who are still competing in their playoffs over in Europe. So, But everybody comes to Chicago. Not everybody competes. Most of the, the top ten draft picks, for the most part, sit on the side and just do measurements and interviews with the teams and the medicals, which... To be honest with you, that's really the the value in Chicago. It's a chance for teams to get in front of uh, a huge amount of prospects at once, almost like speed dating, and then they get to examine the results of a very comprehensive medical test, which tells them quite a bit about the player's uh, potential for staying healthy throughout his career, and that can significantly move down certain prospects, especially in a draft like this where, some of the best, three of the top seven guys right now are uh, in in a cast or just completed surgery. Alex Len, uh, Nerlens Noel, and Anthony Bennett are all coming off surgeries and are not going to be able to do any type of physical activity for quite some time. Now, when they get out there and they get these guys, as you say, some participate, some just take part in the medical and the interviews and the like, those that play, um, what are they looking at for the time they're in Chicago? How do they run it? We've all now got a chance to watch the NBA Combine on television, something we didn't get a chance to do 15, 20 years ago. What do they do in Chicago to evaluate the players on the court? Well, they're not allowed to play any five-on-five, so... It's a lot of drills, it's, um, it's shooting, it's ball handling, it's transition, it's uh, some one-on-one, some two-on-two. Um, it's not an ideal setting to evaluate a player because it's not real basketball, but um, it, it is an opportunity for, for the teams to kind of size up the players, they sort them by position, and um, it, it gives an advantage to players who, who kind of look the part, guys that have great size and length and frames. And uh, some of the guys have been working out for the last month, month and a half, um, improving their bodies and getting into great shape. And, and those guys can really stand out in a setting like that. Like uh, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., for example, came in and looked 
fantastic. He shot the ball really, really well. And uh, I think he separated himself a little bit from the pack. Um, uh, another guy who's very interesting is Glenn Rice Jr. Uh, he spent the year in the D League. He got kicked out of school and um, was kind of left for dead, but went to the D League and competed in a men's league, did really, really well for himself, and now came up against the best players in, in his um, class. He would have been a, a college senior and just really, really looked like, like a man out there. So um, shot the ball great, a terrific athlete, and really competed. So uh, there's, a, there's, some, there's something to be said for doing well out there, but it's not the end-all, be-all. It's, it's just a small piece of the puzzle in the overall evaluation of these, uh, these prospects. Jonathan, in watching this draft class as compared to other draft classes, and you've been doing it for a while, uh, most people saying it's got a little depth to it, but there's no franchise-chasing player here. There's no superstar player here. I don't think that means that it's a bad draft. It's just, again, a different type of draft and one where, yeah, you're going to have to uh, uh, look at it as adding value and, and numbers rather than a superstar-type player. You agree with that evaluation or no? I do. I think this is a little bit of a bummer if you're a fan of the Orlando Magic or the Charlotte Bobcats uh, or the Cleveland Cavaliers, teams that really didn't have great seasons at all. Um, they're not going to get a guy that's going to significantly change the, the, the makeup of their team. Uh, but I think that teams outside of that, you know, the top five, seven slots, have a chance to get a a good player, someone that can that can help them, um, a good role player. I mean, we're looking at you know the NBA playoffs, you know, going on right now. I mean, guys like Kawhi Leonard is starting. He was drafted outside the lottery. Danny Green drafted well outside the lottery. Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, Marcus all these guys were not considered franchise changers on draft night, but they ended up being really, really good pieces. So. There's no LeBron James. There might not be more than one or two all-stars in this draft, but I think that there are, there are good players that are going to be drafted um, throughout the first round and even in the second round. We're talking to uh, Jonathan Gavoni from DraftExpress.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at DraftExpress. What position, if there's a position that you would say maybe has a little depth to it, if you've got a team drive drafting at the bottom of the first round, has two second-round picks, something along those lines, that because there's such depth at that position, that you still be able to uh, steal a guy and have him come in and contribute for him even if you don't have a lottery pick? I think the, the shooting guard, uh, the wing position in this draft is very strong. There really is not a lot of separation between the say the top two guys are Ben McLemore and Victor Oladipo. After that, it can really you know you can rank the next eight guys. Um, one you know one team will have the a player ranked um, third best two guard, and one guy will have him ranked as the tenth best, and that's undrafted. So I think that there's going to be a couple of players drafted in that group, like a like a Reggie Bullock or or a Glenn Rice Jr. Uh, or maybe an Alan Crabb that significantly exceed their draft position just because of the nature of today's NBA game where outside shooting is such a huge component. Uh, perimeter defense is so important. And I think that if one of these guys goes to the right spot, they could, they could really, really uh, have, a, have a very good career for themselves and potentially help a team right away.
All right, so players this week got a chance to showcase some of their skills. As you mentioned, much like the NFL Combine, they don't play football. They just have skills, and they talk to the guys and the like. Same thing here with the NBA Combine in Chicago. Guys get evaluated. Guys move up draft boards. Guys slide down draft boards. Between now and the draft, what can move a guy? Individual workouts, uh, meeting with teams and the like. How much does the draft board change after your week in Chicago before the draft night? Well, on Tuesday is the NBA draft lottery, and that's a very important date for us because we're going to actually find out the order of the draft. And and in a draft like this where there isn't a huge amount of separation amongst uh, the top talents, uh, I think that there's a lot of team needs is going to go into the uh, the actual order. So um, Tuesday is going to be huge for learning the order, and then Wednesday and Thursday will be – the the Nets combine it's called uh, it's the only setting that where five on five play is actually allowed and uh, there will be a number of first round picks competing in that as well as second round picks and I think guys can really really help themselves especially amongst the point guard crop where there are nine or ten guys that are competing for first, for the to get drafted in the first round but probably only four or five of them will go so. A lot of those guys are going to go up against each other um, in that Nets combine. Every NBA team will be represented. And then will be the Minnesota combine a week later, which it only has three on three, but, again, we'll have a lot of top prospects. Uh, and then the, the Adidas Euro camp uh, the second week of June in Treviso, Italy, that's where a lot of the international players are going to have a chance to separate themselves. And, and I'm hearing that a lot of uh, most of the top guys, the uh, top European prospects will be there. So there are a number of different events here that are, are going to really move players up and down the draft board. Jonathan, 14 teams could see the ping-pong poles go their way on Tuesday night. We know it's weighted, and teams with the worst record have the best chance to get one of the top three picks and the like. But while we've got 14 teams still potentially in the mix for one of those t- top three spots, if their numbers should come up and they grab one of the top three spots, who do you have rated? Who do you think will be the first three players taken off the board, not knowing who those three teams would be, just purely on talent? Well, right now I have Nerlens Noel, number one, uh, the big man from Kentucky, 6'11", um, extremely athletic. Uh, it's sort of a Tyson Chandler-type big man, um, terrific defender, somewhat limited offensively. He, unfortunately, tore his ACL back in January, so he's probably going to be out. Uh, for the beginning of the of the season, and maybe you know, if it's a, maybe up until January, February potentially. But um, after him, it's a little bit of a crapshoot. Uh, ben McLemore is rated number two on my board, but depending on need, I can I can maybe see a guy like uh, you know, like a Trey Burke if a team really needs a point guard jumping up. Um, a lot of people are talking about Alex Len, who is uh, a very athletic uh, seven footer. Uh, who's also injured right now, but he'll be healthy by, by the time training camp starts. He's uh, kind of reminds some people of Jonas Valanciunas from from Toronto, uh, potentially a, a very uh, solid building block for a team to build around at the center position. But it's very much wide open. And you know, Victor Oladipo is a guy that a lot of teams like, um, even though he's not a great offensive player, but very athletic, um, terrific defender. I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's one of the more interesting drafts I've covered just because it's really a, a beauty in the eye of the beholder uh, type, type draft. I agree with that. Um, last thing, if I told you that I thought 
Nerland's Noel, when he gets healthy, will be every bit the player that Anthony Davis is in his NBA career, who was last year's number one pick, who was also one and done in Kentucky, only he took a championship home, and Nerland's got his year of education for however often he went to class under his belt and now begins the rest of his life. Uh, would you tell me you got a shot there, I agree, I highly doubt it, or what are you nuts? I think Anthony Davis has a little bit better potential offensively. and uh, We saw him knocking down mid-range jump shots at Kentucky. We saw him putting the ball down the floor. He was not a very skilled or polished offensive player, but I think he, his potential offensively is better. But defensively, I agree with you 100%. I think Nerlens Noel can absolutely be a game-changer in the NBA. He's going to have to put some uh, weight on his frame. He only measured 206 pounds which is very, very light for an NBA big man. Part of that has to do with the fact he hasn't been playing for so long. He hasn't been able to be lifting weights and stuff like that. But um, I think Nolan Zowell uh, will be a terrific defensive player. Um, and I think that that matters in today's NBA. You saw what Joe Kim Noah was able to do in the playoffs. Um, these type of guys um, are really, really valuable in today's NBA. That's exactly the guy I compare him to is uh, Joe Kim Noah, that I think Nerland Noel can be the second coming of uh, Mr. Noah, and yet yeah, there are a lot of teams could use a guy like uh, Joe Kim. His website is draftexpress.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Draft Express. Uh, Jonathan, we'll certainly get you on again before the draft, buddy. Thanks for coming on with us today. Thanks for having me. That's Jonathan Gavoni from Draft Express giving you some insight to what they did in Chicago this week in the upcoming NBA draft. And, yes, that's right, Tuesday is the draft lottery.